Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm your host, Jeff Udick. Thank you for finding some time to listen and ponder the future of education with us. Sunday morning, I woke up early, grabbed a cup of coffee, and met Blue Skunk and KJ at the CAVE, Center for Advanced Virtual Education, for my first lesson and to set up shop. KJ was awesome. He set me up with his nice glass desk, a chair, two nice ferns that reminded me of Bali. I learned how to move objects and how to teleport someone to my location. Good stuff. KJ also hooked me up with a picture for the wall, a little real life in SL. Not sure where all this is leading to. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out what I can do here, places to visit, and how I might use SL in both the graduate class I'm teaching this summer and with students next year. I'm sure you'll be hearing more about SL in the coming months as the school year winds down, 13 days left, and my summer moves into full swing. I wrote that on my blog, The Thinking Stick, on May 22nd, 2007, as I was learning my way around SL. You know SL, right? Second Life, one of the first immersive worlds you could be a part of. Yes, that's right. In 2007, I had a virtual office in a virtual world. In August of 2008, we held a pre-conference in Second Life as part of the Learning 2 conference. In 2009, at a bar camp in Bangkok, I attended, I met a woman who made a living making virtual clothes for avatars in Second Life. And by June 2009, NCCE, now known as the ISTE conference, had its own island in Second Life as part of the overall conference experience. That's right, immersive virtual worlds have been around for over 10 years. And not only have they been in existence for 10 years, education has been utilizing them in different ways since then. See the show notes for links to some of my favorite Second Life blog posts. Like many things in education, the immersive virtual world never caught on as a new way to think about learning or student engagement. Second Life was where geeks like me hung out, where universities held classes on their virtual islands with university students from all over the world attending. I remember one time in Second Life, I ended up in a lecture session being held by Michigan State University. They had an open Second Life door policy, and so I walked in and took my seat between an owl and a marshmallow, and participated in English class. I remember finding it really strange to be having conversations with an owl and a marshmallow. I also remember thinking how cool it was that it didn't matter what we looked like or where we were located. I was living in China at the time. We could be in this same space at the same time having a conversation. I remember attending a dance party with other educators, having conversations with other educators like Doug Johnson, aka Blue Skunk about what this might mean for education moving forward and attending different conferences, conversations, and gatherings with educators around the world as we all tried to figure out how this new immersive world could have an impact on student learning and teacher professional development. Fast forward to 2020, and the world finds itself in the midst of a global pandemic. And these fringe resources that have been impacting education in small ways for years now all of a sudden become resources for the masses. 
Some schools grab the first thing they can think of, a Google Meet link or a Zoom link, and try to bring that in-person experience to students. While other schools took the opportunity to think and understand that learning online is not the same as learning in a classroom, and that if you are online, there are different resources you can use, different ways you can set up classes, and different ways to engage and interact other than little boxes on a screen. Some schools took this opportunity to use and bring immersive virtual learning to their students. Using software, like we're going to be discussing in today's episode, called Verbella and its web-based version, Frame. Verbella is a full-fledged immersive virtual world that allows you to have an avatar and for that avatar to interact with others. It allows you to look at someone when they are talking, to have small or large group discussions. It allows you to drive a speedboat, play games, and well, well, you really should see what you can do in an immersive environment. It's easy and free to get started. Just go to verbella.com, download, install, and start investigating the possibilities. You might also want to try out Frame, which is their web-based product that has some really great features and works in the browser of your laptop, making it a choice if you have students on Chromebooks. I was first introduced to Verbella in October of 2020 when a conference I was keynoted decided to go virtual and used Verbella to host their virtual conference. I will say, of all the virtual conferences I have attended over the past two years, this is the only one that felt like a conference that allowed me to interact and engage as if I was at a real conference. There was a vendor hall where you could go and hang out between sessions. You had to walk your avatar to each session within the immersive environment. It wasn't click on this Zoom link, then click on that Zoom link. No, it was immersive and so very cool. One of the mind-blowing features within Verbella is the ability to create audio pods where people inside the pod can talk to each other while those outside the pod can't hear anything. A pod is designated by nothing more than a blue circle on the ground. So here I was in a conference session, sitting at a round table with three other educators from around the world, listening to a presentation and being able to talk to each other. No, not chatting in a chat box, actually talking out loud to each other, discussing what the presenter was saying and presenting. The four of us could hear each other, but nobody, including the presenter, could hear our conversation. It felt real. A lot more real than a Zoom call where we teleport to breakout rooms and then get teleported back once the presenter decides our time for talk is over. No, this was us talking as if we were sitting at the table in a real session. In today's episode, I chat with Sherry, aka Miss Science, who utilizes both Verbella and Frame with students and teachers alike. What these virtual immersive worlds have to offer us as educators and education at large and where they fit in the future of learning. I strongly encourage you that after you listen to this episode, pour yourself something good to drink and find 30 minutes to download, install, and get into Verbella. Consider this your own professional learning time. And if you get nothing more out of it other than knowing programs like this exist, trust me, it will be well worth it. Enjoy this conversation about the power of immersive virtual worlds in education. And with that, on with the show. Hey, 
All right. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our School. So great to be here with Sherry. And this is a geek out session. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. We're going to be talking about immersive technologies, immersive classrooms, some of the crazy stuff that is coming. Uh, a, it's already here. Let's just start with that. But we're going to be seeing more and more of an influence in education as well. So Sherry, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, for being here today to have this conversation about immersive learning environments. Uh, and as we get going, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from and how did you end up using immersive environments in your, your teaching? Thank you so much for having me today. Well, um, I could go way back and tell you I was the worst student ever. Um, and, you know, I was, the, I was that talkative, chatty child that, you know, seemed to help later on in life. But no, I became a teacher. Um, and so I, my undergrad is in elementary education. Um, spent a lot of time in uh, the classroom and then started my own STEM consulting company called Miss Science. And so um, have just been in education in one way or another um, for a lot of years. I don't want to age myself, but yeah, so I love it. And then um, when the uh, pandemic came around, I was actually going to go speak at ISTE for a company and uh, they switched to an immersive technology and I loved it and said, what is this? And it just kind of catapulted me into immersive technology and immersive learning where I live every day. Uh, and how often do you spend now in immersive learning environments, like on a daily average for you? So I'm in there all day long, pretty wow. much. And the nice thing about it is I would get completely zoned out if I had to be in kind of the Brady Bunch box uh, space. <laughs> but, you know, instead, you know, I go between several different platforms. And um, one of the things that, that I really find is I'm always engaged. And, mm. you know, that is the thing because it's, it is what it is. It's immersive, sure. right? Sure. So, you know, when you're sitting there looking at someone, um, on a video screen, it's very different than sitting next to them or using spatialized audio to hear them. So if they're sitting to my left, I get to hear them out of my left ear and I can mm. turn to look at them. Um, it's an interesting concept for a lot of people. Um, you know, whether you like it or not, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for explaining what the metaverse is because yeah. it made it made my job a lot easier to be able to to say what I do. Uh, the discussion went from about 30 to 45 minutes to a quick, you know, five minutes. So yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. So let's, let's start with that is what sure. is immersive learning? Like uh, it's, it's not zoom, which we're on right now. It's, it's, no. it's bigger than that. How do you define, like if you, when you're explaining it to educators, what is immersive learning? So it can be different things. You know, you can do an immersive learning atmosphere where you don't have to have a headset you know, and that helps out with equity and inclusion, right? Um, and you can go into a platform like Rebella, where I spend a lot of my time, and you can meet up with other people. And um, you don't have that. That's why I can do it for so long. You know, I think if I had to wear a headset in that, um, mm. I would, you know, it would be really, really difficult to spend all day in a headset. Um, and I'm walking around my office, I'm walking into other people's offices. Um, but Immersive learning in that sense is just being in a space together, being immersed, right? You get immersed into the technology, whether you're wearing the headset or not. Um, you know, I, I have spatialized audio where I hear people, um, you know, if I'm farther away from them, they're faint, like it would be in real life. The closer I get to them, the more I hear them. Um, 
you know, quickly, um, I spawned into campus at Christmas time and someone had a matching Christmas sweater on that I did. So we took a selfie, you know, talk <laughs> about our twinning in, in the metaverse. So I think it's really important to look at um, immersion and how students today, they're immersed in everything. I mean, you see a baby at a restaurant with an iPad at the age sure. of like 18 months, right? So there's that sense that their brains are changing. Um, mm. And the traditional, I'd say even 21st century learning, which I never use that anymore. I always say future ready, right? right. Because we're in 2022. Right. So if you're saying 21st century, you're already behind the game. So <laughs> we're 2022. And you know what? Immersion is where our students are. They've They've been the average Minecraft user is actually 24. So yeah. think about that. You know, so now we also need to look at immersive learning as not only, you know, we prepare students for workplaces of the future with their skills, right? And you, I'm sure you've heard many a times that jobs that students will be working in, you know, 10, 20 years from now haven't even been created yet. Yeah. Well, we need to flip that and also say the spaces that they work in. Mm. are just now being created as well. And that's really important when we're talking about that, you know, school to pipeline to to workforce development. Yeah. yeah. And so immersive learning is just really that immersive space. The content is driven by whatever you want to do in that space. Um, I was at a I was at a 21st century learning academy, an awesome school um, that uses immersive learning. They do hybrid. They have both in-person and they have um, virtual. And so I popped in and they were doing a literature study on wonder. And it was so much fun. It was at Halloween time. So their avatars had um, pumpkin heads and uh, masks. And I'm like, where else can you do this in real life? You can't. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're sitting around a table together talking about wonder, um, you know, using Google Docs. And so everything that they would do in a regular classroom, they were doing, they were just doing it in an immersive technology environment. Yeah. And I remember we, before we were, um, before we started recording, I was talking about that back in the day, I was in Second Life with my little avatar. And I actually had, there was an educational island that ISTE ran. Um, and you could actually rent out office space. And I had a little office with uh, Doug Johnson, who's Blue Skunk, the Blue Skunk blog. And uh, we would go in there and yeah, you'd meet, you could design your office, you could walk around and there were some educate, they called islands at the time, but think of them as like virtual, you know, immersion spaces. And I remember like, like one of my first like mind blowing moments, this is 2007, I'm going to guess like 2006, 2007, is I went over to a university island and I think it was, uh, I want to say it's Michigan State University. And I walked into a class where there's all these avatars. And we're talking like, it was like, I, I don't know what the level was, but it was basically just open. Like if you're in second life, you could go to this, you could go to this class, but the professor was actually holding class yep. with like 80 avatars in there. And I walk in and I remember it was a literacy class and I I'm sitting there and I was just like, look like me avatar, very plain, just like kind of look like me in real life avatar. And I'm sitting next to a marshmallow and an owl. And I'm just like, this is weird. And it was so cool. Like I'm having conversations with a marshmallow. And I'm just like, this is, this is blowing my mind, you know? And it was, there's some person on the other side of it, but today they dressed up as a marshmallow because they felt like a marshmallow. That and we're having hilarious. an intellectual conversation at a university level. 
in an immersive experience where the, the, the students were coming from all over the world. And in there, it was just like, it, to me, that was a, it was a aha moment of what is capable with this technology where you allow people to be who they want to be in all yeah. sorts of different ways. When you talk about inclusion, there's so much, there's so many different ways to interact and it, it really is a different world. And I'm going to ask you a question based on that experience. Do you think you would have, if your conversation would have been as in depth, if the person wasn't a marshmallow and the other person, you know, Mm. you weren't in an immersive space, right? Is, was there an ability for you to have that as more of a safe space to have a more robust in depth conversation? That's a really good question. I'm pretty extroverted. So for me, I, I don't know. I'll talk to anybody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I could totally see that. I see that with kids where like, you know, we, a lot of times I think in education are, I'll just use like the internet as an example is like, well, anybody can be anonymous on the internet and that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're in these immersive places, you don't have to look like the way you look, you know, you can dress differently. You can be a marshmallow if you want. And nobody cares because you're an avatar. Yeah that can be who you are. And and it can, I could see how that could open up different possibilities to, to being more comfortable saying what you want to say or having conversations with people. Yep. And it does. And there's been a lot of, um, a lot of discussion and a lot of um, articles written about kind of taking down that veil, right. Mm -hmm. Of of maybe what some people um, don't have the confidence to do in real life or You know, something that just I I talk about a lot is I walked into um, CART, which is a really great school. And I think it's Fresno County, California. Um, You know, these kiddos had been working um, on some projects and they did a presentation in Verbella. And it was their first time in there in one of the classrooms. And they, uh, Matthew Hodge, their, their teacher was amazing. And I just kind of stood in the back of the room and listened, you know, I was just kind of listening to their conversations and to hear a student say that's, you know, in their last year or two of high school say, if I would have had something like this years ago, I would have been a much better student, Wow, you know, and, and to me, that was such a, a profound statement because out of the mouths of babes, right. Yeah. You know, really, truly, we need to be meeting students where they are in all aspects of learning. Yeah. And to me, that just struck a chord of wow. And then they did another um, career day. And one of my colleagues and I were walking through the expo hall, looking at their booths and their projects. And, you know, this is with our avatars. Right. And they literally swarmed us. And we're like, tell us about your job and tell us about what you do. And they wanted to know that. And I think in real life, first of all, they would have been more timid to do that. And second of all, they probably in real life maybe could have met me, but my colleague lives in London. Right. So, you know, uh, you get to meet people from all over the world and and that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about like this moment in time, you know, the pandemic, I think, did positive and negative things for education. But I think one of the things is it, it it allowed for things like immersive technology to really come about. And one of the things I've I've kept saying that I find so fascinating about the pandemic is there were no technologies created because of the pandemic. 
Like all this technology was sitting there, right? Like Verbella was already there. Like immersive, these immersive places already there. We just didn't have a real, I guess, I don't know, a real reason to, to make the change, to try them out, to think differently about what education could be until there is a moment created that forces us as humans to think different. And that's human nature. Exactly. I'm not, it, it, it's human nature, it's education, right? But all of a sudden we had a moment that all of a sudden we had to think different. Do you see this as like coming out of the pandemic on the other side? Like, what did you see with immersion technology through the pandemic? And where do you kind of see it now that we're, I mean, we're still in it, but like, as we can see light at the end of the tunnel, where, where does this go? Are we all going back into our classrooms or do you see more of like what you saw, like the hybrid approach? Oh, please tell me we're not all going back in our classrooms. They're still in rows, by the way. <laughs> and I'm surprised the chalkboards are not there anymore in some of them. But yeah, we know. I think it's it's a shift, right? It's yeah. a it's a shift. Um, one of the hardest things in any organization is change. So if you look at you know the juggernaut of education, right? It's it's a, a, probably a, a steeper shift. Um, but there's a lot of champions out there. And it is, it is definitely here to stay. Yeah. Um, you know, I meet with educators every day that are just, you know, they want to absorb this. They want to use this. Um, they understand it. They understand the need to, again, meet their students where they are. I think one of the other things that we really need to wrap our heads around is there's no boundaries in immersive technology mm. or in the metaverse, right? Yeah. So there's no regional boundaries. There's no local boundaries. There's no um, global boundaries. So on a couple of different levels of why I think this is just going to keep pushing forward is first of all, if you look at access to great education and you know equity and inclusion, yeah. right? Um, that is something that is super important. And it's something that also was very much emphasized during the pandemic. And so with this technology, you can pull the best of the best mm. into your world to teach and instruct. Um, you can go beyond just your local city to meet up with other schools or organizations, you know, to pull people in to share uh, workforce development, for example, and partnering with corporations um, has been a big thing that we've seen at the higher education level. And so I love that idea of let's not silo education and workforce. They need mm. to work together. So this is a bridge for that. So I definitely see the corporations like Deloitte and PwC, you know, driving this technology um, and then the other thing is global citizenship. You know, where else do students have the ability to truly practice being a global citizen where you don't have to travel or, right. you know, that you can actually be in the same space as someone um, from, another, from another country? Yesterday, I do a thought leader, an EDU thought leader group with Verbella. And so yesterday I had thought, so we were on the Tecnologico de Monterey campus, which is based technically in Monterey, Mexico, an amazing university that has just absorbed this technology and ran with it on so mm. many levels, student driven, university driven, the president loves it, um, you know, brings in people from all over the world to look at their metaverse campus. Right. But the cool thing was, is here I am with educators 
from Arizona, Germany, England, uh, Mexico, I think Australia. You know, I have this amazing group of thought leaders um, from all different organizations, too. So you've got K-12, higher ed, you've got nonprofit, um, you know, so it is an amazing group of people that understand the importance of immersive technology and education. Hmm. And to we would never be able to do that in real life every yeah. month, every month we meet. So yeah. it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to think from a K-12 standpoint, you know, where, where does this go? You know, the idea of hybrid, I'm, I'm working with a couple schools that we know coming out of the pandemic that some type of distance learning whatever that looks like is probably always going to be there. Like there's this, there's this set. We all, we've all seen this, right? There's a subset of students that it actually worked for. And there's even a subset, I would say of, of families that it worked for. Mm -hmm. And so I, coming out of this, there's always going to be some sort or parents are going to expect like, Hey, I can grab my kid and we can go on a trip for uh, a month and my kid can still do school because schools know how to do online learning. And my kid's just going to be online learning for a month while we go and travel the world or go, whatever happens, you know, that that family wants to do. And so we find ways that I think to make this better, more engaging mm-hmm. and future, to your point, future ready of what the workforce is going to be from the workforce part of things. What have you seen as far as like companies and stuff starting to, instead of just saying, we're going to hold zoom meetings, say, we're going to get into the idea of an immersive world. They are really getting into it globally too, you know, and I think that's, they're learning the value of this. I mean, from a corporate standpoint, if you look at leasing office space, right. And the other thing that's happened during the pandemic is people don't want to go back to the office 20, you know, five days a week. Sure. And so companies are realizing that they can be just as productive, but they've also missed that sense of community. And so that's the other thing that, you know, immersive technology can really do is bring in that sense of community. So I can maintain that corporate culture, which is really important because, you know, if you look at Zoom or, or, you know, any video conferencing, the culture doesn't come across because I don't have my brand name up. I don't have, you know, charts with, you know, different people where I can just turn and look at them um, or, you know, different, um, sayings or mottos or whatever, you know, that we market or brand as a company or what we've been, we've included into our DNA, right? And so every corporation has a DNA, every organization has a DNA. And so with immersive technology, they're realizing someone can walk into a boardroom and see our logo everywhere. Mm. You know, we can have presentations with people sitting in a space. We can do key speeches in an auditorium side by side, um, you know, and that is huge. I went to a, I went to a luncheon in my, it was a, my first life, my first in real life uh, luncheon, you know, since the pandemic and went to, they were speaking on the metaverse and I was very curious as to what they had to say. And he, we're going to stop because it says my internet connection unstable. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. 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 Sorry. Okay. I wanted okay. to stop to make sure you can hear. So yeah, I okay. can hear you. Yeah. I so can hear your, the... your, your picture's kind of 
lagging, but the audio is great. Okay, perfect. So I um, was, you know, sitting there and listening, and I think they weren't hadn't even caught on yet that like there's the ability to go sit in room hundreds of people in an immersive space. And so I went up to the person who was presenting afterwards and said, like, what would you think if you could sit in an auditorium and do this with people from all over, you know, and, and I, I showed, I showed a picture right away of, you know, yeah. this is going on right now. I, I should be at this, you know, this event today, but I came to listen to your event. And mm-hmm. I think that was just super important for people to really see that. So we're just at the tip of the iceberg yeah. with, with all of this. Yeah. Let's talk about like, we've, we've mentioned Verbella a couple of times. You're a big Verbella user. I have been in Verbella a couple of times and just love it as an immersive place. Kind of talk about like, what, what is Verbella? What would you see if you got in there? Can you kind of explain it to people who maybe haven't been in the immersive world before? Like, what's it like being in Verbella? Sure. I get to do this every day. It's so much fun. (laughs) So um, Verbella is um, basically an island. So kind of like you're talking about before, but you can move through a lot of places. So in Verbella, you know, you can have hundreds of people, you know, in Verbella. I kind of say it's kind of like a, a fire hazard though, you know, you or certain spaces, certain rooms, you only want so many people in. Right. Um, but you can get up to, you know, thousands in a Verbella campus. And so um, when you come into Verbella, you, you first thing you do, if you've never been in before, is you get to go to the wardrobe room. So you pick out your wardrobe, you know, your shirt, your tie, your hat. It's very inclusive to um, skin tones, um, culture and apparel. And, you know, it's very inclusive in that sense as well, which is very important. And so once you get done, you know, deciding what you want to wear for the day, you just click a button and you pop down into what we call the welcome area. And so you're in the welcome area and there's web boards up that talk about different things that are happening right now. We have an amazing um, wellness space right now called the Cento. And if you don't know what a Cento is, it's a bathhouse. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of history to that. Part of the idea of the Cento is pretty much everyone kind of like we just talked about earlier that in an immersive space, the playing field is kind of the same for everyone, you know, it's level, right. And the Cento kind of brings that in the same way because it's a bathhouse, right. Everybody is, is kind of the same when you go into a bathhouse, there's not going to be different kinds of clothes and things because you don't have any on. So the Cento is an amazing, you know, experience in our campus right now. Um, But you can, you know, go to an office. So I tell people, Oh, just, you know, ping me. And if I'm in my office, come on in, let's chat. And so you can walk into my office. I actually have to close my office door sometimes because people will walk into my office while I'm on a call or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when you walk through Verbella, there's all these different what we call scenes. And so mm. you have a conference hall. And when you walk into the conference hall, it's fantastic. Um, think of a, a great professional development room. You know, I just saw pictures from FETC of people posting, sitting at a conference um uh, meeting, you know, during that event and uh, they're sitting around circular tables. Well, in the conference hall, we have circular tables and there's web boards, just like you would have your screen up with your presentation. And I actually took a side by uh, side by side picture of myself uh, giving a, uh, a PD in real life and then yeah. a PD in Verbella. And it's 
same. I mean, it's, yeah. it's super cool. So you're sitting side by side with people. There's private volume zones. So those tables, in essence, become a breakout room. So right. unlike at a conference in real life where you've got to go to another room if it's noisy or whatever, the private volume spaces work. So the technology works really well with these just little nice points of, of learning and development. Um, there's classrooms with workstations. So you've got classrooms. There's an auditorium for keynote speakers, a theater. We have a speakeasy. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff was our DJ for our holiday party and. It's so much fun. I was a total fan. And I think my avatar didn't understand personal space. and He got spooked for a second. But, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it was fun. And, and yeah. I literally play the music he did on the YouTube video sometimes when I do a little jamming on Monday morning. <laughs> but um, we have speedboats. You can speedboat about, you know, around the island. I actually was really, I just needed a break one day. Um, I've been working, sitting at my desk in Verbella. But I'm like, you know, you need that just brain break for a second. So I pinged my colleagues and said, anyone want to do a game of red light, green light down on the soccer field? And about five people showed up and, you know, we did a game of red light, green light. It was hilarious, but it was just completely spontaneous. Um, so in our team suite spaces, you know, we have people from all over the world that utilize the team suite spaces um, from both education and corporate world. And nonprofits. Um, actually, the American Cancer Society did a uh, the Relay for Life in Verbella this year. So showing how you can expand uh, charitable organizations into a hybrid model as well. So, you know, really the possibilities are endless. And, and that's what I love about um, this immersive technology mm. um, is that the possibilities are endless. And where else can you get hundreds if not thousands of people from around the world together in one space. Yeah. And I, 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 and just to, you know, talk about my experience in there, I had two, two different experiences. One, I, I was giving a keynote uh, in Verbella. And one of the things that I found, I think the, the way, what, what technology can do, I think every educator should go in there. Like, even if you have to just like, if you're not going to use it with your kids, pour yourself a glass of something and just go in and have yeah. a look around. Because it is, it's, it's incredible. And the, I think one of the things that just keeps blowing my mind is, and you talked about this, is like the way that you can use audio. And I remember when I was, when I was doing the keynote, the way that they had the auditorium set up is you could, you could only hear people on either side of you. So you're sitting, your avatar is sitting in a seat. There's avatars next to you and you are talking. So I'm giving a keynote. I can't hear anybody talking but you're sitting in the seat and just like you would at a regular keynote where you're like, can you believe this guy, what this guy is saying? You can have a conversation with people on either side of you because you're in your, like your own audio pod while you're listening. It it was just like, uh, I was like, this is literally like it would be if I was in an auditorium where there's just like always, when you give a keynote, there's like this low hum of people chatting each other and trying to whisper and, you know, it was that kind of like, you could almost feel it as people were talking. I don't know. It was this, it was a really cool I, way to do that. And the same thing, like you're saying, like you would go into a breakout room and if you were sitting at the table, you only heard the people at your table. You didn't hear the noise of all the other tables. Like every table is having a conversation, but the audio was able to focus in on just the five people that are inside your audio bubble. Um, really, really cool stuff. And you just have to kind of get in there and, and run around with your avatar and, and just kind of experience, <laughs> I think. Is really the only way to do it, I think, is you got to get in there and experience a little bit. And then you come out of it going like, what in the world just happened to me? 
you do you really do need to experience it because even sometimes I'll take people on a tour through a Zoom, right? Or a Google yeah. Meet. Um, and I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, okay, but the next step is you come here with me because you're missing out. You're missing out on the psychology. I mean, truly, we were founded as a, a research project at UCSD, Alex Howland, our co-founder of Verbella. Um, you know, he, he was doing a research project on how you could bring students together from around the world to work on specific tasks. Hmm. And um, he's, his background is in organizational psychology. So I find that fascinating. But it is, you know, when I first met with him, Verbella, I couldn't make eye contact. And I was sitting in chairs, you know, and so right. I had two people in front of me, and actually it was Alex that was sitting to my right. And I was really nervous chatting with, you know, these these people at Verbella that I hadn't, you know, met before, like you would be in a regular interview, right? right. So I'm sitting there and I'm standing up and all I needed to do was just push the space bar. So I seatbelted my avatar into the chair, but, you know, I was nervous and I kept standing up. And so finally I kind of gave up and I would, you know, was facing two people in front of me, but Alex was sitting to my right and I couldn't turn my head. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, you must think I'm crazy. I can't give them eye contact, you know, because to me, eye contact was so important when yeah. you're talking to someone. And, and so I, Literally, you know, I'm interviewing with with them, and I turn around and and trying to explain to them my education background and everything. <laughs> and I can't look at Alex, and I, it, you know, drove me crazy. But you had that feeling, that that feeling of, of that psychological fit in my stomach of, oh my gosh, you know, they must think I'm crazy because I couldn't give them eye contact. Yeah. So he laughs when when I talk about that still to this day, but um, you do, and you build, you build that sense of um, community, right? You know, you have the ability to pull information and resources from people that you've never met in real life. That's fascinating to me that the people that I work with and I'm around every day, I only met a handful of them, if that three in life. So it's, fascinating to be able to build those relationships. Yeah. And we'll make sure there's a link to Verbella um, in the show notes as well for teachers that want to get in and can teachers get in free. They can set up an account and get into. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they just go to verbella.com and then, uh, you know, it's think forward slash download, but you can just go into verbella.com too. And then it'll show you uh, at the website where you can download. So okay. just pop on in and, you know, look for my name and I'm in and, you know, chat, I'll come up to meet you. Awesome. So yeah, so you can go to verbella.com and to be, and just to, so let people know you're going to go, you have to download a program. Uh, and so one of the things I want to talk about is it is intensive as far as like having a good internet speed. You've got to have a pretty good, like you've got to have a pretty good device. Like I, I don't recommend it. I don't even know if it'll load on a Chromebook, but you're going to want a full fledged PC or, or Mac or, or something that can actually uh, render some render some video pretty fast as well. Now you yeah. you talked about before we started recording. You talked about another frame. I think you said that's web based. Yeah, I love frame for project based learning. I I think it is phenomenal um, to be able to come in. Another thing that you hit on earlier about kind of that K twelve thing, right? Yeah, love frame for K twelve. One of the other things I think is. When you were talking about parents being able to take students out of school, 
school and, and you know, go travel because of immersive technologies or sure. technology that we have now to begin with. Um, one of the things I also think about frame for is parent engagement. Mm. I think especially after the pandemic, that is something that is critical to schools. It's something that they're spending a lot of funding and resources on is parent engagement. And when you look at something like frame where a teacher can create their classroom in frame and use it as a classroom, but hold office hours, you know, for tutoring or for parent engagement. Um, You know, I think of it as if you look at websites, and how websites are very static, right? If you look at Frame, it's actually a living kind of website. I can put my information in on web boards and videos and pull in assets, which is super cool. But at the same time, um, it's immersive, it's spatialized audio. um, And I just really think that uh, even text messaging you know, if I want to correspond through text message, I'm not getting that immersive feeling as a parent if I'm trying to communicate with the teacher or by phone. But with Frame, you know, you can pop in and have a quick, easy, you know, conference in an immersive space with, you know, a click of a link. Um, does it work on a phone? It does. It does. Okay. I actually had a meeting with someone in Italy, someone in, I think, California. I was in Florida driving across I-4. I wasn't driving. I was in the passenger seat. Yeah. But yes, I actually had a meeting in frame from wow. multiple continents. And so 100%, um, you can do it. Uh, works great on an iPad. Um, in fact, I'm going to give you a link for, um, there's a teacher out of Australia, iTeacher, who has been doing some incredible things in frame. Cool. And actually, he has started a shake. Shakespeare theater company as well in frame. Um, Oh yeah. And, you know, looking at some of the stuff that I've done with Miss Science and and my company, um, taking a look at what he puts together and the content that I have, I mean, bringing it to life with with what he's been able to do um, is, is just such a great, you know, a great thing. So he built a Titanic um, and it was meant to be used for kind of a, a debate about the liability of the RMS, right? Mm-hmm. Are they liable or not? Right. And you spawn in to the Titanic. It's dark. There's stars. You're walking around <laughs> on the top deck of the Titanic and learning about it. And you hear the, um, the orchestra playing the singing wow. theme um, as you're walking around, you know, and you're looking at Um, information about the people who were on the Titanic. And he actually leveled it so that you go down to different levels. So you learn about if you were in first class, this is what it would be. If you were down in, you know, um, the the bottom deck, you know, how that, how you, how you got on board and all the history. And and then it was actually used as a, as a learning tool, you know, to debate on liability. Um, So I think that is the really, cool thing about projects. And I'm a huge um, advocate for project-based learning. Yeah. And it is an amazing tool for that. Absolutely. Very cool. So there's two softwares, uh, Verbella, downloadable, need need probably a bigger device or something that's got some, some horsepower. It's a download that you have to download. And then you have Frame, which is web-based um, and just does things differently. Are, is the, is the uh, what am I trying to say? Is the atmosphere the same in both? Like, is it look pretty much the same or is it different because of the two different programs? 
they differ a little bit because of the obviously the technology that they're okay. run on, right? right. But um, your avatar in Verbella um, is going to look more human, like you know, uh, like you would three D ish. In Frame, they're still very three D, but um, they float rather okay. than walk. So you kind of walk in in Verbella. Right. In Frame, you more float. Uh, but we did learn yesterday in our thought leader meeting at Technologico de Monterey, they showed us, we learn more from, I think, people who use the platform sometimes, right. you know, <laughs> than we do because we're busy working, right? So it was hilarious. We were, we were having the best time. They showed us some commands that you could put into the chat and then it made your avatar sit and float. So then okay. our avatars were just in like a sitting position and floating around campus um, in Verbella. <laughs> But uh, it was really fun. But um, in frame, you know, it's it's a little bit different because it's browser based, so it's lighter. Right. But it sure. has a lot of a lot of horsepower. Yeah. In, a, yeah. in just layman's terms, there, <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of depth and things that you can do in frame yeah. for sure. That's awesome, and we'll make sure in 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 the show notes we'll make sure there's links to both so teachers can get in, awesome. play with them. Uh, if teachers have questions, where would be the best place to reach out to you? Um, sure. They can reach out to me either on LinkedIn. I have okay. a LinkedIn profile, Sherry Smith Dodson, um, or Sherry, uh, dot Smith Dodson at verbella.com. Awesome. And then your website, uh, for verbella.com it's verbella.com. Um, and then I actually have a website too, misscience.com. Misscience.com. Awesome. So, and we'll make sure Science. all of those links are in the show notes as well. So people can go over there. It makes it very easy. They can just click on them and, and see where they're at. But it, it, it's an incredible world that I think we're just starting to kind of get our feet wet in thinking about where do we go from here as, as the, we come out of the other side of this pandemic and we know that education is going to look different. It needs to look different. Um, and I think this is one of those places where districts are either going to districts and schools are either going to be yeah, this is something we have to somehow start implementing and thinking about, or we're going to go back to the way we've always done it. And so you've got to, uh, it's one of those, I think it's one of those whys in the road where you, you've got to decide what mm-hmm. kind of district do you want to be for your students. So awesome. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sherry. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I thank really you. appreciate it. And uh, I hope people go and try them out because they are pretty awesome. Again, pour yourself a, pour yourself something to something to drink and uh, just get in there and start pressing buttons and see what happens. That's the best way to, it's the best way to just kind of maneuver around and, and figure it out. So go for a boat ride. Where else yeah. do you go for a boat ride? Like, yeah. you know, on, on a whim. So yeah. thank you so much, Jeff, for having me today. I yeah. appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to shiftingschools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.